Right. If you'd like a voice that's easy, expressive and human, if you want to deliver your words in a way that really makes your listener feel something, you know, and if you want a clearer voice during hay fever season, cold and flu season and even... Yikes, I've sung too loud at a Bon Jovi concert season. (laughs) Then join me for Mouth to Mic. It's my new online voice training programme that comes with its own private community of voice gigs, just like you. For all the info, head over to bit.ly forward slash mouth to mic. That's bit.ly forward slash mouth to mic. It's the Voice Coach Podcast with me, Nick Redman, your own personal voice geek ready to guide you through getting the most out of your speaking voice. If you use your voice for a living as an actor, podcaster, voice artist, speaker or presenter, then this is the podcast for you. Let's crack on. Welcome back. It's birthday day two on the podcast. (laughs) I'm hungover. As in a knowledge hangover, am I right? From all the uh, bits and bobs that Dan shared with us in part one. <laughs> Lol. Uh, so anyway, much more to come in today's episode, including, yes, what Dan thinks about using straws in your warm up because they're really hot right now. Uh, there's also some really good advice for voice training post-pregnancy. So that's one for if you're a lady who's born a child, and also for the ageing voice. So if you're someone out there who feels they are in the ageing category, aren't we all, then listen out for that. And there's also a brilliant quickfire myth-busting section where I give Dan a bombardment of advices (laughs) that I've seen on the internet when someone says they had a vocal fatigue issue. It's pure gas, I swear. Anyway, the great news for today, dear listener, is that I've just opened the registration for my next online course. Ah! (laughs) I'm very excited about this. It's called the Vocal Empowerment Programme, subtitle aka Become Your Own Voice Coach. You know me, I'm all about giving you autonomy over things and the ability to do stuff in your own time. So this is like the ultimate of that. And it's all online. So if you're out there listening in the US or Australia or wherever you are, because we're all over the world now, then you can come too. Isn't that good? As much as I love seeing you in the flesh, sometimes we just can't make that work. So this course is designed basically to give you the most up-to-date and relevant voice prep training out there. Each week we're going to tackle a different stage of the voice preparation and maintenance program. So everything from like alignment to the body and then connecting the body to breath and then the voice itself and resonance and expression and vocal clarity. So if you're feeling like you need more vocal range, a better understanding of support, an increase in your vocal clarity and your confidence and access to different vocal tones... And ultimately, an understanding of what the flip you need to do to get your voice in its best possible condition before you speak, then you need to join me. There's loads in this course. We're packing it all in. There's two live sessions with me a week. So one teaching session and one check-in Q&A exploration session. And then there's a whole heap of accountability and support for me inside our own uh, VIVP or Very Important Voice Person Facebook group. You'll have access to me whenever you feel you need it for the duration of the course in that group. And then afterwards, you get to join the Next Voice Course Community Facebook group, which is a little space on Facebook for anyone who's invested some of their hard-earned time in training their voices with me. I'm also offering a load of bonuses if you pay in full. So you can have 100 quid off 
You can come to some extra additional guest expert masterclasses with me and some of my dear friends in the voice world. And you can have access to my downloadable courses on jaw release and tongue training. Plus, you get a 15 minute breath meditation. Isn't that lush? So there's loads going on. If you're interested in that, you want to join me. All the information that you need is on my website. So if you head to the courses page on my website, nickrebbenvoice.com, I'll shove a link in the show notes anyway. But do it, do it now, pause and then do it and then enjoy this. Or do it after you've enjoyed this when you feel even more inspired. Anyway, that's enough from me. I'll calm myself down now. <laughs> I'm just too excited. I've been working on this one for ages. So over to you, Dan. Straws, talk to me. My take is the straw therapy, the clue is in the title, straw therapy is a tool that was developed for use in voice clinics. So as part of voice therapy, there's good science attached to it. There's a couple particular sort of model of straw work called Laxvox that has the best sort of evidence base, evidence base. And in voice therapy, straws are used post-operatively for sure. And that's often, you know, if somebody's had a vocal fold operation, we will give them the straw and prescribe a little program of how to use it. Uh, the main benefit is you, is that you don't really get to hear your own voice. That's really quite useful for people who are post-op when, you know, they've yeah. gone having a really robust voice to having, you know, four notes that all wobble. The straws are quite useful in that regard. They, there's a certain safeguarding element when it comes to the back pressure and the deconstriction in the vocal tract that you get with a straw. The problem is, so in, in voice therapy, if straws are being applied correctly, you choose the diameter of the straw and the water level to fit the individual and the problem. You also then wean off the straw very quickly to things you can just do with your own body. Mm. When straws are used in voice therapy, they are also usually, you know, if they're being used correctly, the therapist is looking at alignment. They're looking at the muscles of airflow. They're looking at how the whole system is interacting with the straw. What happens in the world of spoken voice and in singing in particular is that somebody goes to a conference, gets five minutes of education on something, really doesn't understand the whole holistic nature of the process, then slaps a brand on it and tries to sell it to you because they need to supplement their income because they're not very busy. And then what happens is people start posting pictures of themselves using straws or people get sent straws, you know, for free in exchange for Instagram stories or tweets or whatever. And they're not taught how to use it. They don't have the correct diameter, let's say, or the correct water level for whatever it is they're trying to achieve. Or if you're using one of these adjustable ones, I mean, God, it's so much to bloody deal with. And the, the whole holistic system isn't being used. So if you've got crappy alignment. And this is my favorite bit about straws. The number of pictures that I see where somebody's got their straw in their water bottle and they're doing this. <laughs> Even in some of the adverts for the branded straws with the person who's created them going, and I'm going, well, your vocal tract isn't going to be particularly happy in that position. So that's a problem. Or the number of times I see people when they've got their straw and then they go, <sighs> you know, and the breathing strategy isn't really set up correctly. So what the straw then does is it gives you that back pressure. It gives you that sort of temporary sort of deconstricted feeling. But then what happens is two minutes later, your voice is back to normal because the straw behavior hasn't been done correctly or it hasn't been then generalized across into voice. But people are inherently lazy and they want <laughs> fixes and people like magic and people go, Ooh, 
And I think a straw certainly makes you look like a professional voice user. I'm not sure it always helps as much as it could if it's being applied correctly. So I'm not anti-straw. I think straws have a place in voice therapy. Mm -hmm. I don't particularly like them in pedagogy because the margin of error is so huge and they don't generalize across into behavior. And that's the most important thing, pedagogically speaking, Mm -hmm. in my mind, is that whatever tool or whatever exercise or whatever thing we're doing has to then move across into the spoken voice, has to move across into performance voice, has to move across into the singing voice. You don't magically develop technique because you've blown through a straw for two minutes. Yeah. Especially if you're going through it badly. (laughs) Here, end of the lesson. Do you think there's a benefit or situation where someone using a straw who's, say, new to voice training or working through specific issues Do you think there's a benefit in the experience of them feeling that space and that release or anything? Not that's specific to the straw. And again, Mm. I would go back and say, okay, if you can find somebody's best SOVT where the tongue root switched off and the air is flowing and everything's working, the straw doesn't add any benefit to that situation. And straws are really, really easy to get wrong because they will artificially sort of uh, deconstrict at vocal tract level. But if the breathing system and the the tongue root and things like that just aren't, aren't doing what they're supposed to do, then you're getting sort of a temporary benefit. The other thing is you can achieve the same result with your own body, whether it's a, or a you know, whichever your best one is that keeps you nice and squishy in here and you've got the airflow mechanism working. If you work with the whole system, so you get somebody nicely aligned, you've done some work on how to mobilize the breathing mechanism, then you find their best SOVT. The straw becomes obsolete. It doesn't add any additional benefit at that stage. Mm -hmm. So again, I, I really do think straws should be saved for the therapist who has had real training in their application, who can adjust that work to fit the needs of the people uh, that they're working with bespokely. But also, actually, there's one caveat to that. There is one time I will show people how to use a straw, and that's if they have to warm up quietly. Ah, uh, yeah. Hotel rooms and things like that. I, mm. You know, I have got a couple of, of people where they're like, you know, I've got to warm up in the hotel because I don't have time between there and the venue and all that. That's not most people. And so again, there may be some exceptions, but I think you understand how all of the body-based SOVTs work and actually you understand how the rest of the mechanism works. I just don't see any added benefit apart from it makes a good picture and you're making somebody rich. I'm going to put myself out there to be completely told I'm wrong because that's what this is all about. But one thing I find interesting with clients when working on breath with straws is if you put it in water and you're using a voice sound behind it, they can see when there's like an inconsistency in the airflow because the bubbles mm-hmm. kind of stop. Mm-hmm. Is that sensible or is there another way you could do that? Or does that? I see the rationale there, but it's the same thing with trills. It's the same thing with sort of puffy lips. Of, you know, if the airflow is too low, the trill won't work. The lips don't stay puffy, mm. you know, all of that kind of thing. So again, I think there are probably better options, although, but I get the visual and, and the feedback with that. And it's certainly helpful in people who are really quite imbalanced. Yeah. But again, 
when you're that muscularly imbalanced, there's also then that question of, should that be being done by the coach or the voice therapist? Yeah, for sure. It's quite an interesting one, I think, for people who are, I mean, we're all everything learners, the learning theories thing's been debunked. But for people who like a bit of visual input, sometimes I find that's quite an interesting little thing for them to do. Again, for me, it's, it's working great, but then wean off as soon as possible. Yeah. Thing that's purely body-based because you never really want to get too dependent. You know, it's, it's like, it's teas and toys. Teas, toys, lotions, potions, and lozenges. You know, you don't want your professional voice user dependent on things where they then panic. They go, oh my God, I can't get my voice ready for the thing because I can't find my straw. You know? Oh my God, yeah. I really do believe in keeping the locus of responsibility on how you are engaging with your own voice as much as possible and not putting a lot of external faith in paper cow tea and the latest branded straw or, you know, the vocal vibrator or what, you know, whatever it is. Oh, we ought to go with one of those. I come from this recently. There's nothing that you can't achieve with your own body that you can achieve with, with that stuff. Mm. Can we do a rundown of lotions and potions and different things? So basically in voiceover forums, a lot you say, oh, my voice is tired. What can I do? And lots of very well-meaning, but not clinically experienced or tr vocal trendly experienced people offer advice. I'm going to do a load, like a quick fire, quick fire. And I want you to just like yes or no in okay. relation to what this person said they were experiencing. Okay. So this speaker said, I asked them after about 48 people had offered their advice. I said, what is it you're feeling though? And they said, dry and hoarse sounding like they were losing their voice in the middle range, i.e. their normal speaking voice. So this was some of the advice. It's not the advice I give, but this is some of the advice. Throat coat tea. No, nothing you uh, eat, drink, suck or swallow ever touches your vocal folds. I'm going to say some anyway, though. Okay. And you can just say yes or no. Ninjion pei pakao throat syrup. Nothing you eat, drink, suck or swallow ever touches your vocal folds. Licorice root. Nothing you eat, drink, suck, or swallow ever touches your vocal folds. Popsicles to uh, reduce swelling. No, there's you, there's no, 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 no. The cold might desensitize the, the pharynx. So, you know, you have a sore throat, you have your tonsils out, whatever. Yeah, suck on a popsicle. It just numbs you up a little bit, but it's not mm. going to affect your vocal folds. And you shouldn't speak with anything numb anyway, should you? That's not a vocal fold level anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right. This one's great. Vicks behind the ears, on the temples, on the feet and the back. Vicks is a menthol rub. Yeah, I know what Vicks is. I'm, I'm... <laughs> for, for anyone in the US who does not know what Vicks is. <laughs> you wouldn't put Vicks on your feet, no? Okay. This is true. This is all true. Steam with cinnamon. Okay. Steam, yes. Putting anything in it, no. Great. Not Number even. Oh, God, the number of times I've seen people put essential oils in their steamers and things like that. It's like, new, 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 new. You do not need anything like that. The act of steam is not a bad thing. You want the water two minutes off the boil. It is not the hotter, the better. It isn't. It's, it's, it doesn't need to be scalding your vocal tract. Uh, but of course, the vocal folds sit at the top of the airway. So as you inhale, things pass, pass over. These days, we think about steaming a bit more in terms of healing than we do in terms of sort of hydration, because there's some evidence that suggests that sort of water molecules are actually too big to penetrate the vocal folds. But it's great. It, it raises the temperature. It increases blood flow, which promotes healing. 
So you don't need to do it for more than three minutes. It's three to five minutes. There was a, a small study done. It said three to five minutes was sort of the, the effect didn't seem to increase after three to five minutes. Twice a day, don't go screaming for the next maybe 10 minutes. Just let things sort of settle down a bit. But yeah, steaming's fine. It's an interesting one, though, because people love their Dr. Nelsons. And I'm going to say something really controversial. Oh, no, I love my Dr. Nelsons. I don't have a problem with Dr. Nelsons. It's fine. But one of the really great benefits with steam, if you have seasonal allergies, if you have a cold, et cetera, if you're just really gunked up, you know, sinusy everywhere. If you use a steamer that has a little mask attachment where you can breathe in through the mouth and nose at the same time, it makes your mucus secretions more viscous, which actually makes them easier to clear so that you're not creating unnecessary levels of collision on the vocal folds. So for our allergy sufferers and colds, actually steaming through the nose as well is really helpful. So I wish, I wish Dr. Nelson's would just make a retrofitted yeah. mask. I have looked. Please, in the comments, if I'm wrong, and there is one, please tell me. But I did. I actually looked recently just to see if I could find anything. I mean, I used just uh, the little plastic one from the bottom shelf of the chemist in the cold and flu aisle. It looks like it's like a baby sippy cup with a little mask. I just yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, should we talk about nebulizers now? While we're on theme, yeah. okay. So, well, this is one of those funny issues where. I kind of wonder if the science hasn't quite caught up yet because there's one little pilot study and it's the one that gets referenced all the time where I think it was like four sopranos used a nebulizer and then they they had to self-rate their voice after using it and they did some objective measurements. And what was found was actually not statistically significant because you can't study four people and get anything significant. But the, the theory with nebulizers is that if you're nebulizing with 0.9% saline, uh, by the way, if you're going to use a nebulizer, you cannot use tap water. You cannot use distilled water. You, you cannot use water. You have to use 0.9 saline and it needs to be sterile because you're you're putting very, very small. The, the benefit of nebulizers is they make such tiny particles that everything's pretty much instantly absorbed. So you're sending stuff straight into your lungs and anything else that'll take it. So it needs to be sterile. So if you buy, don't buy the two liter thing of 0.9 saline and then open it and keep filling it because it's not sterile anymore. You've got to use the little single dose ones to stay safe. The theory is that because the particles are smaller and because it's more like the natural secretions in your body that it will penetrate vocal folds and create some additional kind of lubrication. There's no evidence yet. Okay. But people do recommend them. I have one. I've trialed it. Did I notice a huge difference? There was one day I thought I did. I was in quite a heavily air-conditioned studio. Mm. I and find I if, I've, if I've had a bit to drink and not hydrated or chased with water properly, a little nub in the morning mm. feels quite nice. That's yeah. my anecdotal evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. It's probably, if you're using it correctly and you're use, if it's clean, if you're using the sterile 0.9 saline, it's probably not going to hurt you. Mm. don't top it up with anything don't add anything to it it's it's important mm. that it's just or, yeah it probably won't hurt you i have a feeling when somebody gets the time to actually study it objectively that we might see some positive benefit because mm. there is a lot of anecdotal sort of positive response so you know let's see what happens there okay let's continue with this quick for our listener i've got a couple of questions from the listeners Okay, so this woman was, this person was focal fatigue, hoarseness, etc. A nice long warm up. We've already answered that. 
I mean, may in that case, my friend Kim Chandler calls it a Lazarus session, as in, you know, God raised Lazarus from the dead. <laughs> that if you take your normal warm up, but you slow it down and you work really gradually and really incrementally through range and let all the muscles adjust to whatever else is going on in there, you can actually elicit a little bit more voice. I have, I, I do get called for emergency sessions where, you know, the Royal Variety calls and they've got somebody who's about to go on and there's a problem and you go, okay, you do what you can to mobilize everything really gently and slowly again. But it's important that if it's really, I mean, if it's horse, you should rest. Yeah. That's always my first bit of advice. If you can just manage it with the clients. Mm. If they're nice, they'll let give you a minute. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Ready? Mm. No milk, no sugar, no alcohol, no processed food. Ginger tea. I mean, all of that might be actually good advice for your body. Generally, yeah. But not going to elicit any miracle healing in the vocal folds. Great, thank you. We've done coffee doesn't dehydrate you if you drink it a lot. Dairy, do we need to give it up? We've kind of covered that at the start. Not really. Maybe just half an hour before. Yeah, I'm going to say this because we've had an interaction about this a while ago. Sanderson's throat specific. Nothing you eat drink, suck, or swallow ever touches the vocal folds. <laughs> He's like, Nick, will you move on? Ah! <laughs> oh my God. Okay, great. Thank you. Darn, I wanted to talk a bit about primal voice, but I don't know if we're going to have time. Dan's really good at primal voice. If you're interested in that, give him a shout. A couple of questions from the group, which I think are really interesting, if you think you can answer them. Yeah. One that came in just now was this happens a lot in voiceover when you've got to do pickups or something. Is there any way to make yourself sound relatively normal when you've got a stuffed up nose? If you have a stuffed up nose, there's only a couple of things you can do about it. You can try steaming through the nose to see if you can break up some of the mucus secretions. If everything in there is inflamed, you could use, it depends why it's stuffed up. If, you know, if you've got seasonal allergies, you could use something like Beccanase or whatever that's going to have a mild over-the-counter steroid just to sort of dry things out temporarily. But apart from that, no, not really. I mean, if you're sick, you're sick. That is honestly the most useful piece of advice. And I think the the sooner we like own that and talk to our clients, I think probably the better. Any advice for aging voices? I feel like my voice is changing massively and not for the better. I'm sorry to hear that. It's too big a question um, mm -hmm. to actually answer here. There are lots of changing processes in bodies as they age. Again, depending on whether there are things like menopause, whether there are uh, disease processes that are affecting the musculoskeletal system, there can be lots of reasons why things change there. The advice would be if the voice is changing in a way that you're not happy with, and that has been going on for more than two or three weeks, it's probably not a bad idea just to be seen in a voice clinic to get some bespoke advice with some proper investigation. Thank you for that. Here's one that I absolutely have all the feels for, but I'm five years on. Eight weeks ago, I gave birth to my first child. During the third trimester in particular, I lost a lot of breath capacity. Since having him, uh, things have improved, but I'd love any advice or exercises for building up my breath capacity again. So the thing that you probably want to do post-pregnancy, and again, it depends if you've had a normal birth or whether or not you've had C-section or things like that. The most scientifically, I suppose, model for reconditioning a respiratory system is something called the accent method, which was created by Professor Sven Smith in 1920s. Lots of research has been done on it. 
We use it a lot in voice therapy. We use it a lot in singing rehabilitation. So you probably want to get in the presence of somebody who is a bit of a specialist in the accent method. Oh, Lauren, it was a C-section. Yeah, especially with a C-section, you're probably going to need some accent method work just to remobilize and reconnect that system. It'll probably take you a few months. That's certainly something you could pop over to vocalrehabilitation.com. And you could book an initial consultation with me. It is something that that I use routinely. And I do work with lots of professional voice users post-pregnancy. Well, wasn't that just great? Now you can find Dan at vocalrehabilitation.com or, and this is your swear alert, a much ruder but easier to remember version that he was given by somebody once. uh, (laughs) Fuckedyourvoice.com. That's to the point, isn't it? Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. I've got more coming next week with the, I can't believe I'm saying this, uh, the amazing Barbara Houseman. She graciously gave me some of her time and we had a brilliant chat. For now though, don't forget to book your spot on the six-week vocal empowerment course, aka become your own voice coach via the link in the bio to my website. It's all you need to be your own voice coach day to day. I mean, I'll still be coming in your ears with the Isla podcasts, but you know, you'll have a few more things you can do. Okay, till next time. Thanks for listening to the Voice Coach Podcast. For even more tips, tricks, exercises and general crack, head over to our Facebook community, The Voice and Accent Hub. Thanks again.